0: How many know that it's already done? How many are claiming that right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, choir. And We just give God glory. Let's get to it. Stand to your feet. Take your Bibles out. And uh, let's go to uh, John, the eighth chapter. Now, if you will put that in the New International Version on the screen, then we will all be in sync together. John, the eighth chapter. John, chapter 8. John chapter eight, and uh, we'll look at verses one through eleven. My heart is full today. My heart, my heart is full every time I come up in here. But uh, <laughs> you know, I love communion. Lord knows I need it. Come on in here. It's impossible, it's impossible to do communion and not just for a minute think about how good God is. Just for a minute. And we ain't asking nobody to do cartwheels or or hang off the chandeliers, but somebody said thank you today. (laughs) Just one person said thank you. Because you you look back at your life and then you say to yourself, man, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. And so we thank God for that today. I'm excited about what I'm going to share, and I'm going to get right to it. John the 8th chapter, verse 1. The Bible says, now, before I jump into this text, let me read verse 53 of the preceding chapter. The Bible says, then, now watch this, then each, then each went to his own home. Now, I want you to read this off the screen because I'm reading a different version for emphasis purposes on some parts. The Bible says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Did you catch that? Go back. Go back, my brother. Go back to verse 53. Go back to verse 53. Watch this now. I didn't catch this until this morning. The Bible says, then each went to his own home, talking about the religious leaders and the pharisees and the scribes they went home then the bible says but it's a continuing this is a continuation of the chapter but jesus went to the mount of olives now i'm gonna tell you something anytime jesus goes to the mount of olives after that something happens anytime jesus goes to pray something happens watch this now then the bible says at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people were what everybody gathered around him and he sat down to do what the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. The Bible says she was caught in adultery. It does not say that they heard that she was an adulteress. Now, this is why this story sounds so suspect. Uh, How they know she was committing adultery and knew to time it and catch her at that moment. Well, we'll discover that as we go down a little further. The Bible says that uh, she was caught in adultery. They made her, they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this, the Bible says parenthetically, uh, this question as a What? As a what, everybody? Uh, look at your neighbor and tell them it's a setup. This <laughs> is a trap. I don't know how you're going to trap Jesus, but let's figure it out. The Bible goes on to say this was a trap here. They, they tried to trap Jesus in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. This is what God does when the enemy accuses. Jesus begins to write. The word of the Lord says, uh, when they kept on, and they wouldn't even shut up. They didn't even get the point. But they kept on questioning him. He straightened up and said to them, read that everybody. If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Which is, now I'm giving y'all a chance to back out of this. I don't know how far you want to go with this, but if there's if there's anybody in here. Jesus is being very sarcastic. Is there if there's if there's one one person without sin? How many know that he already knows everybody in there got sin? But he's trying to give them a chance to repent. The Bible says, "If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her." And again. Somebody say again. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this those who heard began to. No, oh. Now, listen to this. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> <At> those, <laughs> help me, Lord. At this, look at this. Those who heard began to go away one at a time. Now, Dr. Rudd, now look who left. Some things just have not changed. Some things just have not changed. The older ones set the example. They left win everybody. Say it again, win. Until, ah, oh, thank you Lord. Only Jesus was left with the woman, with the woman still standing there. By the way, the woman represents the church in the Bible. Y'all better help me preach this today. Bible goes on to say, Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? 11, she says, no one, sir. She said, then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. The title of my message today is The Blessing of Getting Busted. Dear Jesus, thank you today for this word help me because i don't know what i'm doing if you don't help me father i'll mess this thing up today i need your spirit to take charge of this moment Uh, there are too many personalities too many experiences too many attitudes too many dispositions in this room for one human being to be able to say something to them that's going to help them go from where they are to where they need to be i know very clearly i can't do this without you i can't do it at all unless you do it do it today move how i have prayed for you to move and if you feel like it blow my mind and the rest of our minds today and be glorified in this place in jesus name we pray amen now look at your neighbor and say the best thing that could have ever happened to you was for you to get busted <laughs> oh yes let us be seated now i have uh it's a sad it's a sad, sad we're in a sad sad state of affairs Uh, We are, by the way, today is the anniversary of the I Have a Dream speech given by Martin Luther King. And by now, most of you know that some of his dream has been realized. But I don't want to really give much focus to King's dream. I believe that Jesus, that God has a dream. Before Martin Luther King had a dream, the dream that Martin Luther King had, he did not get on his own. He got it from somebody. But I believe that God has a dream, and I think there is a spiritual Jim Crow-ish attitude in the body of Christ. It is this spirit of entitlement. The best way to describe it is self-righteousness. It is an attitude that suggests that I am better than you are. And the, and the rhetorical question comes back, how are you better? Because look at what I have done. Look at what I have accomplished. Look how faithful I am. Look how spiritual I am and look how unspiritual you are not. And we talked about this on Wednesday night. I would declare to you today, hear me. There is, especially young folk, listen to me today, because older folk—they, we have a way of personifying pride like nobody else. If pride first starts off in your your childhood years as as a fetus, by the time you hit your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and your 50s, you got a grown man you're carrying around called arrogance. And there's nobody under the sound of my voice that does not struggle with pride. You may be saying to me, Pastor, I I don't struggle with pride. If anything, I struggle with low self-esteem. Well, guess what? Low self-esteem is pride turned inside out. It is a consumption with self in a low way, whether you're low or whether you're high. Every breathing person under the sound of my voice struggles with pride. The problem that the preacher has today is that if I'm going to be saved, Myron Edmonds, I ain't going to talk to you, just me for a minute. If I'm going to get in the kingdom, God has got to gut me like renovating a house. He's got to gut me of pride. Spirit of prophecy says that amongst all sins, pride is the most incurable. Proverbs tells us that there are six things that God hates, yea, seven. And number one on the list is pride. Pride is nothing more than a human. Being looking to himself in any way, shape, or form where it takes its eyes off. God. And I told you on Wednesday night and Elder Poole was my mirror. If we spent more time looking at Jesus instead of other people, there would be no way in the world that we would spend so much time trying to pluck out little splinters in other people's eyes when we have big old planks, two by fours and straight up sheetrock in our eyes. Come on in here, somebody. But i'm amazed by this because i too struggle with this it doesn't matter how often we fall on our faces it doesn't matter how many times we sin ourselves it doesn't matter how many evil thoughts we have how many dumb things we do we still have a way of focusing on the faults and the sins of other people i mean you got to say oh wretched man that i am Who can deliver me from this body of death? I mean, we can be flat out wrong as two left shoes walking backwards. And we will have the nerve to find something about somebody else and what's wrong with them. Hear me now. This spirit and attitude. Y'all better hear me today. This spirit and attitude is going to cause the majority of people living on planet Earth to go to hell. It will not be adultery. It will not be thieving. It will not be a lying tongue. It will be pride because every sin has its root in pride. In order to sin, you got to be selfish. And selfishness is pride. And when we are proud, we are basically saying, God, step off the throne of my heart. Let me sit on the throne of my heart and let me be God. Pride, nothing more than saying you are God. I and mean, I hear you saying that, Pastor, that, I never said I was God. I don't think I'm God. But anytime you start pretending that you are God, anytime you start acting like and start imitating, come on in here, somebody. Anytime you start taking the prerogatives of God, then you have tried to usurp the authority of God. God. turn with me to Revelation 3 we looked at this on Wednesday night we're going here again and I'm going to sit down but I'm believing God today for a revival in this church where we finally become the dust that God created us no more big eyes and little U's. come on in here somebody no, no, nobody pointing down and looking down at other people but recognizing that we all need him we all need him. I'm not saying that we ought not challenge iniquity and unrighteousness, but come on in here, talk to me, y'all. Don't look at me like a, is there anybody that agrees with what I'm saying today. We all need him. I need him because I got a mic in my hand. does not mean I don't need him any less than somebody who's smoking a crack pipe right now. I need him just as much as a pedophile needs him. I need him. And the minute you start acting like you don't need him more than somebody else, you have crossed the line between humility and pride. You've got to stay in a position that says, if I don't have him, your sin might not be their sin, and it might not look as nasty as their sin, and it may not sound like somebody else's sin, but at the end of the day, we need him. Now, Revelation, the third chapter, tells us that in the last days, the state of the church is going to be so bad that God himself will want to throw up. Isn't that what it says? Now, not watch him here. Revelation 3 and verse 14. Throw it on the screen. To the angel of the church in Laodicea. Right. Now, by the way, does anybody know what the word Laodicea means? It doesn't mean lukewarm. You know what it means? It means a people judged. So we're being judgmental and trying to fix everybody else while God is trying to fix us. You're sick (laughs) and you're trying to play doctor while God is trying to play doctor on you. Watch this. Love this. The Bible says these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and don't need a thing. But you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Come on, say amen. Oh, come on. Y'all say amen when I tell you your miracle is on the way. But I want you to say amen because you are wretched, miserable. Agree with me. You are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. You'll shout when I tell you that God's going to open up doors for a financial blessing. But you ain't going to say amen to that. I want to hear an amen. Does anybody agree with the Bible today that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked? Don't make me feel like I'm all by myself up in here. Don't you be looking at me all hearty. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Is there any witnesses in here that agree with God? Yes, God, you're right. I am wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And yes, you're right. I have thought that I'm more than I what I really am. So notice now, he says that the attitude and disposition, here, get this, get this, please. He says the mindset in the last days It's going to be a mindset of, let me borrow this for a second. It's going to be a mindset of false comparisons. Now, I asked myself this question, and, and we all read in the same Bible. I said to myself, I said, how can this people say that they are rich and increased with goods and need nothing, but God sees something completely different? I'm just trying to figure out, I mean, somebody got to be wrong. Either we are wrong or God is wrong. I I, I put my bets on God. I think he's right. Come on, say amen. Uh, so, So notice now, how can God say one thing and we be totally on a different plane? We actually see ourselves as more than what we are. We see ourselves as actually rich, increased with good. Now, it's not talking about wealth in a financial sense, but spiritual wealth. We actually think that we are super spiritual. Now, the only way that you can feel that way about yourself is when you compare yourself to other people. There is absolutely no way in the world that you can think so highly of yourself unless you have somebody else in which to compare. If you were the only person on the planet, you wouldn't be talking that. Unless you compare yourself to a dog or something. But you know how we establish who is good and who is bad? We do it by looking at what we determine to be bad people. And we say to ourselves, well, I'm not that mother that killed all four of her children, so she's a bad person. And I'm actually a good person because I never killed my children. But in the eyes of God, you know what he's saying? He said, "Mm, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. And the reason why he can say that is because he knows us better than anybody else knows us. One of the best spiritual lessons that you can learn is the lesson of self-understanding. When you get to a place, Monica, where you are no longer delusional about how really messed up you are. And I told you and I read the statement is on here for you. We actually have come to understand that the you are more spiritual the more you recognize how messed up you are most people think, I don't have time to read it, that they are more spiritual the less wrong they do. Well, I'm not what I used to be. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But the truth of the matter is the closer we get to Jesus, the more we will see ourselves. And I don't know anybody in here that's willing to put a checklist up and say, I'm good. I'm super spiritual. I'm holy. Ain't nobody doing it like I'm doing it. If you're honest with yourself, you have to, at least one or two bad days where god has every right to take your butt to hell and burn you there so that you never live again but because of his mercy but because of his grace but because of his compassion but because of his love but because of his patience but because of his long 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 suffering He could have killed you, and he didn't. And every time you see somebody that doesn't look like they have it the way you have it, you ought to look at Jesus. And when you see Jesus, Jesus will tell you you ain't as bad as you think you are. And you're not as good as you think you are either. What you really need to do is fall on your face and call on my name and recognize without me you can't do anything. Now, now, Revelation, the third chapter, is the final message to the church. Revelation 14 is the final message to the world. Did you you hear what I just said? Now, 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 everybody can go get this word today, but that's okay. Those of you who are hungry for it, come and get it. Uh, Revelation 14 is for who, everybody? The world. Revelation 3 is... Is for the church. The word to the church is you stuck on yourself. The word to the church is you, you, you're too hyped up about what you think you know. The word to the church is, is you mistreat people. Uh, the word to the church is 1 Corinthians 13. He says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, he says, if I understand prophecies but have no love, I am nothing. You can have prophecy. You can have health. You can have a church. You can have money. But if you don't have Jesus' love, if you don't have humility, you are nothing. Now, people don't like saying amen to this kind of sermon. Nobody wants to be told that they're messed up. You know, Pastor, go easy on the people. People have been beat up so much. Don't come in there beating up on them. You preach like an abusive husband. Listen, what I'm trying to do to see, you won't understand how to be appreciative of who you are. Because the fact of the matter is, let's be real. If you really think about it, ain't nothing really special about us. What, What gives us any value is God are oh, y'all not hearing me in here today there really is no such thing as self-esteem there's only god esteem i tried it i tried to find out what was so unique about me well i have a great personality and then one day i'll cut somebody out come on in here somebody or oh, then I say, well, I have, I have such charisma with people, and then other days I realize that I can't even have that same kind of charisma at home with my wife and my kids. You see what I'm saying? One minute you're praising yourself, and the next minute you've got a reason not to. The only way you'll see any value with who you are is it's got to be in God, because the, God brings the best out of you and the worst, And the reason why he brings the worst out of you is so that you'll recognize that you need him to bring the best out of you. But not many will receive this word. Watch this here. I want you to look. (laughs) Lord have mercy. On the back of this uh, pink document here. And look what your prophet says. (laughs) Are you ready? She says here, "I asked uh, the no, no, uh, first inspired statements, "The closer you come to Jesus, the more faulty you will appear in your own eyes, for your vision will be clearer, and your imperfections will be seen in broad and distinct contrast to His perfect what." Now watch this? Mm-hmm. This is what. That Satan's delusions have lost their power. That the vivifying influence of the Spirit of God is arousing you. So like I told you on Wednesday, catch this now. You know that the Spirit of God is at work in your life when you begin to recognize your imperfections and your flaws. Most people feel like I'm growing. How do you know you're growing? Because I'm not doing what they're doing. That's faulty. When you get close to Jesus and stand next to him and you compare your life to his, you can't say anything. But, Lord, I need you. Lord, I got a long way to go. Now, can I just praise God for a minute? I've, I was real, you know, I was real zealous in college. I, you know, I wanted to get real spiritual. And so I told God, I said, God, I said, show me everything that's wrong with me. And you know what the Lord, he spoke back to me. Yes, he did. In college, he did. And you know what the Lord said to me? He says, now, if I do that, he says, you're going to give up. He says, so what I'll do is I'll reveal as much to you in increments as you can handle. here Am I telling the truth in here today? Can you imagine if God revealed every detail, every imperfection of character? See, the reason I know this is true is because two years ago, I was praising God for victories over pornography. Now the Lord has shown me something else in my life, pride. And in two years from now, after I get finished working on pride, he's going to show me something Now, Are y'all hearing me in here today? See, he chips away at us because if he showed you everything that was wrong with you, at the same time, then most of you would give up. But I want you to hear something. Now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to take your hand off the plow. No man is fit for the kingdom of God having put his hand to the plow and looking back. But I'm going to press toward the mark of the prize, which is in Christ Jesus. I don't care what the devil accuses me of. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what sin that you've committed. Come on and talk to me in here today. I don't care what you've done. Thank you, Lord. I- Somebody needs to hear that today because you came in here and you brought some filth with you. You brought some disgusting sin with you. You came in here soiled by the enemy, but I got news to you today. I'm invested with the authority of the Holy Ghost to tell you right now, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you got yourself into, the word of the Lord is true. I have loved you with an everlasting love. There is no sin that you can commit that cause God to stop loving you. All you need to do today is fall on your face and say, Lord, even me. Let some drops fall on me. Showers of blessings. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers I need. Now, this is illustrated. I need to move out of this because this is heavy. Let me move quickly. In John the 8th chapter, for all you scholars, do you realize that there are three main prophetic events that are illustrated In the life of this woman caught the act of adultery. Three prophetic events that are to come are revealed in this story. Here they are. Number one, the great controversy. In other words, the battle between good and evil. Number two, the investigative judgment. Number three, the shaking. Can I break it down? Point number one. If you look at John 8, it starts off with a plot. With what, everybody? It starts off with a plot. The plot is the Pharisees, the religious leaders, are upset because Jesus keeps exposing them. (laughs) Every time they think they have him, they don't every time they think they've nailed him on something he outsmarts them and so they are upset because of what happened in chapter 7 so the Bible says that they go and they scheme and Jesus goes and prays now while Jesus is praying they said got an idea we got him now Why don't you go get your girlfriend? Oh, come on in here, somebody. Where'd they get this woman caught in adultery? How'd they know who she was? How did they know she was uh, in the act of adultery with somebody at that time? This ain't nothing but a setup. And I believe it ain't in the Bible, but this is just me. I think that one of these men of God had abused sexually this woman in times past and had set her up this prostitute, uh, in order to use her mishap to catch Jesus. So whether they were in bed with her or not, they are just as guilty because they would dare use this woman's sin to try to bring down Jesus. The great controversy. The scribes and Pharisees represent Satan. Satan accuses satan sets us up y'all ain't talking to me in here let me preach to these boys y'all have you ever been set up before have you ever been have you knew it was a set up? come on say amen but you were too weak to resist it and you gave in you knew you knew the enemy had his fingerprints all over it they represent satan and jesus represents himself And so they bring this woman and they try to use her to bring down Jesus. The whole story of the great controversy is about Satan trying to bring us down to bring down Jesus. And guess what? He was successful. When he brought us down in sin, guess who came down? jesus but he thought he had jesus when he got him down in the baby of a woman he thought he had jesus when he had him as a little boy he thought he had jesus when he tempted him in the wilderness but guess what he didn't realize that when you bring jesus down that brings us up and so watch what happens here Let me, let me go to the next point. They plotted to trap Jesus. And hear me now, every single breathing moment, Satan, demonic agencies, just as sure as God is here, the devil is here as well, and he's scheming right now for somebody to get caught with the okie doke Some of y'all know what I'm talking about in here. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, McNair? The okie doke pulling one on you that you should have seen coming but you didn't see it coming because you were so blind and I don't know how many of us in here today can admit that we have been duped on occasion that we have been deceived on occasion and this is what gives me joy today there were times when demonic spirits and forces had totally surrounded you waiting to possess you but the only thing that stood between you and them was the angel of the Lord that encamps around about them that fear him you should have been dead the car should have run off the highway. You should have pulled the trigger and blew out your brains. You should have given up. You should have walked away. You should have thrown in the towel, but the angel of the Lord stood around you, and God kept you when you didn't want to be kept. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all forgive me today. I praise my Jesus today that He that sometimes he'll even keep me from my own self, and even when I'm not good enough to myself, when demons are all around in the darkness trying to kill me, one angel is all I need and the angel of the Lord says get your hands off him I've been sent on assignment by my commander in chief and his name is Jesus devil you gotta flee devil you gotta move I know they're not ready yet to see what I see but in the meantime while Jesus is praying for them get your hands off my children now the next thing is Jesus Jesus You see, God loves everybody. He even loves the Pharisees. So you know what the strategy is? They set up a trap, and so Jesus says, well, I'm going to use this trap to try to save everybody. So what does he do? The Bible says he says nothing. They come accusing. What are you going to do about this? This whore? this slut. And remember, the Bible says that they drag her in church while Jesus is preaching. Oh, come on in here, y'all. Jesus is preaching. Now, now, one thing I like about God, nothing catches him off surprise. You know what I'm saying? He already knows they're coming. So I can imagine Jesus wrapping up his message because in his all-knowing mind, he knows that just three paces away, is this mob, this motley crew and I see them now with their hands clenched on what's left of her garment I see her half naked with rub and lacerations all over her body she has been beaten in the face and she's been dragged all through the streets of Palestine people have taken note of it and a crowd now is drawing around them and everybody is trying to see what's happening and this woman comes in crying her hair is matted to her face there is spittle falling from her eyes because they had spat on her her body is mangled and she's exposed and they bring her into the church in front of god's people and in front of jesus and they say what are you gonna do about this like a pin drop there's silence And I can imagine, you know, I think Jesus with a little hood, you know. <laughs> he's from Galilee now. Come on, say. Y'all sure y'all want to do this? Are you, you sure you want to go here? Okay. Bible says he gets down. <laughs> now, he's not getting down to embarrass. Listen now. And for all those that were at the all-night prayer service and struggled Hearing people tell the details of their lives. I got a word for you right here. Jesus then starts exposing everybody, he starts writing out their sins. And guess what? Before they realize that he's actually talking about them, the Bible says they keep on accusing him. What you going to do, man? Do something, Jesus? Come on. What you going to do? We got you now, Jesus? We got you. What you going to do, Jesus? I can see them dapping each other up. We got him now? (laughs) Yeah. Now, the Bible says that the older ones are the first ones to walk away. Because the young folk are looking at the old folk. I feel a preacher in me now. I'm I'm ready to do this now. The the old folk are the first ones to walk with. The young folk are watching the adults to see how they're going to respond. When Jesus exposes them, I bet you the young people, where are my young folk at? Let me hear y'all say amen. The young folk, some of y'all said amen, got no business saying Amen. The young folk were watching the older ones to see how they would do church. How how do you respond when Jesus exposes you? And you know what happened? You know what happened? It's almost like on Sabbath when the preacher is preaching and an appeal is made. The folk that have been around for a long time, they they ain't coming down here. I mean, you got to make a real general appeal. It's got to be something like, those of you who love jesus come down and so then people like all right you know i could do that one but if, if there's anything to do with repentance or sin i ain't going down there and you know what young people watch us to see how we respond when we get exposed and notice now the bible says that when jesus exposed them that they did what the word of god says that the old folk walked away which is to say they did not repent So, 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 the spirit of non-repentance is generally dispersed, well, it's usually disseminated by leadership and old people. Young people do what they're taught to do. Pride is caught, not taught. And Jesus was trying to bring them to their knees. Jesus was trying to save them too. Jesus called them out so that he could call them in. But you know what they did? They did like what so many of us do. When God corners us, we know we got nowhere to run. We know we are flat out busted. We know we're flat out caught out there. But in order to save face, in order to remain to look like we're holy, in order to continue to be the the, the patriarch of the family or the spiritual one in the church. We just got to maintain our composure and we wait for some other opportunity to repent. But let me tell you something. This generation of young people will not repent unless there rises up a generation of some old folk who are humble enough I know y'all ain't going to like this word today but you're going to hear it anyway. Who are humble enough to get off their high horse and get off their Sabbath school lesson and get off their hymnal and stand up and Say, I'm not the only one that's, I'm not the, you ain't the only one that's got problems in your life. We always do. We all got problems and we need some folk to start standing up and acknowledging that they need the Lord and that they not always been perfect and they ain't always been in Sabbath school and they always come, You ain't going to like this today, but you're going to hear it anyhow. We need a generation of folk who know how to fall on their faces and say, It's me, oh Lord, not just in your closet, but in public. How are they going to know how to repent? You up here praying, I hope my child comes down for the appeal. Well, get your butt up and you come down here and they might follow you. They didn't catch Jesus off guard. Jesus was planning this moment. Oh, y'all not hearing me now. See, let me close on this. The investigative judgment is about God giving us a chance to repent before it's too late. Did y'all hear what I just said? Repeat what I just said to your neighbor. This ain't just for the hood, hood rats. This ain't for the folk who, who live off Sinclair. This ain't for folk who live over in Huff. I'm learning the neighborhood now. Come on in here. This for the folk who live in Pepper Pike. This for the folk who live in Cleveland Heights. This for the folk who live in Chardon, Chagrin Falls. Come on in here. He said, I'm trying, the invested, he says, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. I'm trying to give everybody a chance to turn to me. Now, one of the things God has to do to shock our senses is expose us. I used to think that my reputation was more important than my character. So I lived my whole life trying to get the approval of people, trying to look spiritual, trying to be dignified, trying to dress a certain way, trying to be cool, trying to know the right people and name drop, trying to be Adventist. Don't know what first volume of the testimonies is. Don't know where the statements came from. But I've got to be, I've got to look, I've, gotta, I've got to convey a certain attitude. People, it's my reputation. But guess what? God doesn't care about your reputation. The Bible tells us that men love darkness rather than light. You know why? Because in darkness you can hide, mold only grows in darkness. When you put light on it, it can't grow no more. But we want people to think a certain way. Now, most people get mad because these Pharisees set this woman up. After reading this about 25 times, I changed my opinion. God can even use your enemies to bring you to the best place of your life. Now, Even though she was wrong, what they don't realize is, can I tell y'all a secret? They actually brought her to Jesus. They thought that they were setting her up to get destroyed, to get judged. But let me tell you something. When the Spirit of God came to me and said, tell your wife, you're struggling with pornography. You know what I said? I can't do that. No. You know what I'll do? I'm just going to pray about it and read. I can't tell you that I got victory just doing that. Because the Bible says, confess your faults to one another that you may be healed. Somebody texted messaged me this week and said, what does faults mean? You know what faults means in the Greek? It's the word peripateo. It's the word that means to fall. Confess your faults to one another, not that you receive forgiveness, but that you receive healing. Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, then whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. See, they trapped her to hurt her, but they really set her up for God to heal her. The best thing they could have ever done to her was expose her. Now she's alone with Jesus. I just came to tell you that when you get along with Jesus. Mm, woo, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all? Excuse me, I'm sorry. Y'all know I'm a crybaby, but y'all forgive me this preacher today. I'm telling you that you're Jesus, your God. He will in no wise cast you out. They they thought they were hurting her. But how many know that all things work together for good? See, you thought getting raped or getting pregnant outside of wedlock was only the devil. But let me tell you something. God took your mishap and brought you to a place of brokenness where he finally got your attention, where you were able to say, Lord, I need you. Because when your mother and your father forsake you, the Lord will pick you up. Can I get a witness in here? Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about today? That when you get down in despair, when you get uh, beneath, under the floor, when you feel so low that you don't even have strength to call on Jesus for help, when you get so wrapped up in your own mess and your own sin that you're too humiliated to ask for help, how many know that your God never left you? Your God never forsook you. The Bible says he stood there and said, Now, devil, if you want to condemn her, He says, do your best. He said, but I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to stay right here where she is. This woman was thinking that Jesus was going to walk away. She was anticipating a stone being thrown on her. But that's not Jesus. Jesus will pick you up. He'll turn you around. He'll dust you off. He'll clean you up. He'll love you. He'll pray for you. He'll bless you. He'll move you. He'll prosper you. He'll promote you. He'll transform you. He will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or imagine. Because he loves you. Your Jesus will bust you, but he'll bless you. All to Jesus, I surrender. Here's my appeal today. I'm calling for. This is all, all... This is, a, this is a mass call for repentance. Now, I don't have time to try to come up with a detailed appeal that'll meet everybody. My question today, is there anybody that needs to hear the words, neither do I condemn you? Go and sin no more. Anybody want to feel the love of Jesus Christ? Anybody need to be Restored? Anybody need a new mind? Come on, my brother. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody need 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 to be healed? Need to be free? Anybody not too proud or delusional to say, I need thee, oh, I need thee? I have learned Not to boast in my strength, but I've learned like Paul to boast in weakness. I I don't know if you heard what I said. I have learned that they will overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Keep on talking about it, saints. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I I know we talked about a lot on that all night prayer service, uh, but I keep on talking. Keep on claiming the victory. Keep on testifying. Keep on calling out for help. Don't do it by yourself. Ain't nothing wrong with being broken. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong with being messed up. Because God can work with you. Is there somebody today who is sick and tired of being sick and tired as it relates to sin? I'm talking to some certain ones today. See, I know what it's like. You've been there where you feel guilt and shame. Some of you barely got yourself in the church today because you said, as soon as they see me, they're going to think of what I've been and where I, what I've done. I got news for you. The same folk you think that are looking at you to see what's wrong with you, I want to tell you right now, they got enough problems of their own. Don't you worry. Don't you worry about what people think. Uh, that is the best victory God can give you is when you are free from trying to please people and you get to a place where you're just worried about how God feels about You? But there's somebody who is sick and tired. There is a stronghold over your life. And you want to be free from it. If you're here, I want you to just lift your hand. Just lift your hand right where you stand. Look at this, Father. Look at this, Father. Look at this, Father. Look at this. Keep them in the air. Keep them in the air. Oh, God. 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 Look at your people. Look at them. Look at your people, Lord. They lift their hands saying, Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. They don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. They don't want to get to a place where the voice of God becomes more and more silent in their lives. What more will it take? The Spirit of God says. He says, I've done enough. that their hands are lifted. And because I am the chief of sinners, <laughs> I'm the chief of sinners, but I know you love me. You died for me. You died for me and everyone in this room. You died for us, not that we might be lost and perished, but that we might be saved. I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you will break the authority of the enemy in their lives. In Jesus' name, break every unclean spirit. Break every attitude. Break every sin. Break every stronghold. Every generational curse, unhappiness, and anger, and bitterness, depression. God, I call on your name because there's no power in me. i got to ask for you as you are praying right now. Father, send down the power of the Holy Spirit and set your people free that we might be able to tell of your good works, that we might be able to help somebody else. God, we've been so stuck on ourselves but today we want to be free in the name of Jesus God, give freedom give freedom, give victory you said the truth shall set us free, we're not afraid of the truth anymore, if it takes the truth to free us, then God, send the truth reveal it, oh God but we want to be saved, heal deliver, set free right now, Heavenly Father God, we want a revival in Glenville. We don't want to do church anymore. That's played. We want revival and reformation. We claim it right now. There's some folk that need to go apologize to some folk. There's some folk that need to get, uh, get ex- uh, begin to experience forgiveness. God, dispense it right now. God, give them courage. God, give them what they need, Lord. Let's just sing a few stanzas. I surrender all. Come on, lift your voice. All to Jesus. All to Jesus.